Hello and welcome to Parently, where we tap into the unique experiences and perspectives of parents to celebrate the joys and honor the challenges of child rearing. With new interviews each week, this is a podcast for moms and dads seeking an empowering community and a little levity. Now here's your host, Kelsey Higgins. Hello and welcome to Parently. Today's really a fun episode for me because I'm doing something I've never done. I'm recording virtually, but I have my guest on video, which is pretty cool. I'm kind of digging it so far. What do you think, Adam? I am a big video fan, yes. Yeah, well, it's your whole like work from home situation. You just got used to it, didn't you? Kind of, basically, yeah. 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 It's nice to see your face. And, it's nice to see your face. And see, you know, how anxious you are about me roping you into doing this. I am just happy to be here and to support you. And I hope people don't turn it off already. <laughs> <laughs> the guest today is Adam Bauer, and he is a lovely human being. I met him several years ago through my husband, one of my husband's dear friends. And one of my favorite things about Adam is he is one of my number one apparently fans. He will text me almost weekly and let me know his thoughts on the last episode, good or bad. He will give me criticism. He will give me suggestions. And I love it. I dig it. You're a very honest person, Adam. I think the only thing, like in thinking back, okay, number one, I have to admit, I don't listen to your episodes in a timely fashion because I listen to a lot of news podcasts, but I do listen listen to them all. And I do happen to sometimes listen to like five in a row, which is kind of a lot. But uh, the only thing I ever remember texting you that was critical was like, hey, let's get some more men on the podcast when it was like, early on. That was like the only thing. What do, you think you're do- and, what do you think and, you're doing here, Adam? And I didn't mean me. <laughs> well, look what happens when you provide your friends with, uh, Feedback? yeah, with what is it called? Um, what's helpful criticism called? Constructive, um, constructive criticism. Constructive yeah, criticism. This is what happens. This is where you end up. So right. that'll teach you to do favors for your friends. All right, let's go for it. Listen, Adam, we got a lot of different things to talk about here. I just want to start with a little bit of background. Tell me about you. Where did you grow up? Where are you from? So I grew up in a little town of about 100,000 people in the northwest corner of Iowa called Sioux City. That's where I was born. I actually Uh, don't think I knew that about you. You didn't know that? Mm -mm. Oh, okay. So that's where I was born. Um, I lived there until... Uh, well, so my parents divorced when I was uh, around seven, and I lived there until about fifth grade. So I think that'd be about, what, 10 or so? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we moved here to Minneapolis. Um, I lived, my dad still lives in this house. He actually, he winters in Arizona, but he lives in the same house we were kind of, well, I was like born into in Iowa off a dirt, on a dirt road. Wow. I didn't know that. So he kept that home. Yep. Still has So you, it. Moved, you moved to Minneapolis with your mom then? Yeah, my mom. My mom was uh, was in a relationship with a guy who got a job here. 
And so she followed him um, and she got a job here. And then that was kind of the, the rest, I guess, is history. I ended up here. So siblings, um, I have an older brother um, and I have a younger sister who has, in apparently fashion, five children. Yeah. Five I can't children. imagine. Five children. Uh, they were just here uh, for my daughter's fourth birthday. They stayed with me. Um, all five children, both their parents and their dog. Um, and they are 13, 12, 7, 6, and 5. Holy guacamole. Yeah. How did it go with everyone in your house? Um, I think it went okay. Um, they uh, they stayed downstairs mostly. Um, they have a tendency. They They like want to like not invade our space. Mm. Um, and so they like want to be like downstairs and like hang out downstairs. I mean, they, obviously they come up to eat and we visit and yada, 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 yada. And we got a big bounce house for the kids. And so they were like, you know, going crazy, like with a water slide and stuff. So, so yeah, it was, it was good. Um, it was, it was, it was good. It was a nice visit. I mean, it's, this whole COVID thing has been weird. So it's so, nice to see everyone. Like this, that, that was this last weekend then. Uh, correct. Yep. Last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say mm, six years ago, 10 years ago, would you have ever imagined that's what your life would be like on a casual July weekend? That we'd have seven kids running around my house, seven kids and a dog running around my house. Is that and you'd mean? be <laughs> married with two kids living in a beautiful home on the river. Like, is this, was this a part of the plan for you? Um, I would say that like, like eventually, like if I look back, if I look back in my thirties, let's say my early thirties, my late, so uh, full disclosure, I'm much, much older than you. Oh uh, gosh. I'm in, I'm in my early forties. Oh my gosh. So old. One, <laughs> one foot in the grave, as they say. <laughs> Basically. Um, <laughs> and so like, I, like, I look back, I look back, like, I was always like, yeah, I want to eventually have kids. But to me, like, it was for the longest time, it was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, I want to have kids eventually, eventually. Yeah, I want to have kids. I want to have kids. But I like, I had, I basically had my boss. I've had the same job for 18 years, by the way. And so my, my coworkers and especially like my boss who I've worked with the entire time with the president of our company, she like is like family. Right. And I remember her vividly. I vividly remember her telling me one time, she was like, you are a serial monogamist. So like, you know how people like date, like people like date, they like go and they're like, Oh, I'm dating a few people right now or whatever. Like I never did that. Like I would go from like serious relationship to like a little break serious relationship, a little break, serious, serious relationship. Anyway, it's, that just like stuck out in my brain, like about how my, my like history, you know, my romantic history had been, but, um, but yeah, why, I had like, why a, do you I think had, that was, so do you want the, so let me, okay. Let's dig, let's, let's dig in deep. Let's, so let's, let's, a, there. let's approach it from this angle. So this is 42 year old Adam looking back on 25 year old Adam, right? This is 42-year-old Adam, who is, I'd like to imagine is more enlightened, um, who's fully therapized. <laughs> okay. And, and like, uh, you know, one day when, like, you know, you're, like, a big star and, like, apparently is, like, the number one 
podcast on Apple Podcasts. Right around the corner. Yeah, right around the corner. You, uh, you know, you could kick in some copay money, and then that would help. Like, you know, I could probably buy like, you know, a house in, in like a small island or something. I don't know um, where you're going with this, Adam. All I'm just saying is I've been through lots and lots and lots and lots of therapy. I'll give you the short version of all. all I guess all I'm saying is that is that um, I was like terrified of commitment, and like men in general have this like uh, they have a a lot of men have like a uh, what's the phrase like a uh, they're like known for for being afraid of commitment. Oh, he won't commit. You know, like it's like a male trait. Like you mm-hmm. got to pin him down. Like, you know, you got to like as a woman, you know, you got to like pin him down. But I was like very, very, very afraid of commitment. Um, and and like I can't even it's hard for me to put myself in that same like mind space that I was at, at 25 or 30. Um, but, you know, I was in relationships. I was making a commitment to a re- making a commitment to a relationship. But I always like knew where the back door was. You know what I mean? Like I always mm. felt like. Like, you know, like if I need to get out of this, like, what are the, what are the steps? You know what I mean? Like, how do I do this? Cause I lived with, you know, I, I lived with uh, all, all, all the women that I was with prior to my wife. Um, you know, I lived with all of them. So that's kind anyway. of, that's kind of crazy. So you've lived, you've lived with several women. I've, li- I've lived with, I've lived with several women. Yeah. <laughs> well, not several, three, let's count them. Three, three women. Three, b- three before women. wife or including your love? No, 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 wife? including my wife. Okay. I mean, that's still a lot, you know, of significant others to live with. So why didn't you, why didn't you, it, it almost seems like because you were scared of commitment, it seems like you would be more likely to date around rather than be monogamous. I don't know. Like, I think that I, I think that I wanted, so, so looking back, okay. So looking back and thinking about, um, you know, what caused that and, thinking about my therapy, thinking, thinking about all my therapy sessions, you know, I know where it came from. And, um, you know, everyone has, everyone has trauma, right? I mean, I know you have trauma, everyone has trauma in their life, right? And they Mm -hmm. have things that, um, they have things that have happened to them that impact as a child, that impact them as an adult, right? right? And, and for me, like one of the big things is when my parents got divorced, my life changed considerably. Um, you know, we moved out of this, we moved out of this comfort, comfortable house, uh, where my, where my, uh, my mom and dad and the three, us three kids lived. Um, you know, this is a seven-year-old's perspective, of course, because like, right. you know, as an adult's perspective, yeah, sure. The relationship wasn't good. And there was you know, all kinds of, all kinds of, all kinds of problems. But as like a seven-year-old's perspective, it, as it impacts my life is, is we, when, when, um, when my mom moved us to the city, which is a paved road in the same <laughs> compound, um, we moved to the city, we struggled. Like, um, I remember I tell, I tell people, well, not, not a lot of people, cause I don't think I've told you this, but, um, but one of the most impactful things in my life was, um, waiting in line at high school, in, at high school, at the high school as a young child, waiting in line with my mom and my brothers and sisters, waiting in line for free bread and cheese. And like, I think about it now, and I just like, I get like emotional about it. It's like mm. so 
ever present in mm. um, how I approach everything and like just how I, um, yeah, I mean, I have a reputation for being cheap, right? I mean, you know this. <laughs> you said it. Um, um, I have a reputation for being cheap. Um, my wife balance helps balance me out. And that's one of the reasons why we're a good match. Um, but that's so impactful. And to me, like that divorce and then, you know, the way that my parents dealt with that divorce and the fact that, that, um, they were literally not in the same room with each other that wasn't a courtroom from the time that they got divorced until my brother turned 21 years old. So wow. my brother's 21st birthday, I remember my dad coming to celebrate his 21st birthday and like having a beer on my mom's couch. And it was like, this is like crazy. This is like weird. So it was like not a, it was not a amicable situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember um, we had my mom's, my maternal aunt, um, Aunt Vivi, um, who lived in Oregon, uh, bless her soul, never had any children and was wealthy, wealthy. I mean, I don't know what, what that means really, but, um, but she would send us boxes of like, she would go clearance shopping and she would send us boxes of clothes. And it was like Christmas freaking morning when we would mm-hmm. open the boxes and like, oh my God, what do we have? You know, what did Aunt Vivi send us? What did Aunt Vivi send us? Right. Um, I remember this one time so vividly that, um, she sent us, my my brother and I, she sent us silver high top waterproof Nikes. Wow. And we were like, so pumped, like our high top Nikes. We were like, you know, like testing them out and see if they were really waterproof and all that stuff. (laughs) So, so thank, thank God for Aunt Vivi. Right. And then grandparents too. My maternal grandparents were always um, always involved in the picture. Um, you know, there's just like these, these, these painful memories about like, Hey dad, I want to play this sport or I want to do this, or I want to do that, but I need money for it, you know, growing up. And my, my father would literally always answer. I pay your mom child support for that. It was like, I'm paying for this and that's it. Hmm. And, you know, and we were just, we were just, when we got here, when we got to Minneapolis and, my mom had gotten a, had gotten a couple jobs and like, and like moved up a little bit. Things got more comfortable. Like, so like high school wise, you know, we were more comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. But, but there's that period of time where, where it was, it was difficult. So but about the commitment thing, right. I have always, I have said that I never had a problem. I never, I was not afraid of getting married. I was afraid of getting divorced. Mm. And so just because of that, like I tied all that, that kind of, that trauma back to that same, that back to that event, one event in my life. Right. So, um, so that's the eloquent way of describing kind of what was going on. Um, now that I understand it through, you know, through, um, well, not thousands, hundreds of hundreds of, uh, of sessions and thousands of dollars and thousands of dollars thousands <laughs> of dollars that's definitely thousands of dollars hey um there's a couple of things i want to talk about in that but the first being why don't you give like a quick review of therapy 
if anyone out there, especially a man out there is kind of like on the edge, like, I, I think maybe I need it, but it makes me uncomfortable. I don't know what it would be like. I don't know if it would be helpful. Like what's, what's your quick summary of it? So, um, so I would say that, well, first of all, um, uh, ain't too proud over here, by the way, um, to talk about therapy. Um, first of all, I think it's important that people know that, that two thirds of the people in therapy are women. So like men in general are not, um, 50% of the, of the people in therapy. And obviously there's lots of people who, who need therapy or who are are struggling in life Mm -hmm. and, and are not sure how to deal with it. Right. So the way I look at it is, um, um, is that it's someone that you go to talk to, but now you're paying them, right? But you're somebody that you go to talk to that cares about your well-being and basically only your well-being, right? So my sessions basically consist of talking about, okay, what is going on in my life? What are the stressors? How am I dealing with the stress? What sort of things like problem solving? What sort of things are happening with at work or with the kids or with Emily or like what um, what's happening in my life that that I'm struggling with, you know, like, cause everything's not hunky dory all the time. Right. For um, anyone. Right. A lot of times it's, you know, a lot of times it's really, really hard. Um, so, so yeah, so that's the, if you are struggling, go get a therapist, seriously, like go get a therapist. Um, did you find it? Did you find a good one right away? Because what I've, what I've heard is it's, it's, it's something you have to shop around for and be patient. Actually, to be honest, um, the first therapist I have had two therapists. I've had well, that's not exactly true because um, because I'm seeing I am uh, I am seeing my regular therapist, and I'm seeing um, I'm uh, I'm seeing another therapist now too for like a very specific a very specific problem. So therapy um, is like the opposite of dating for you. You'll see <laughs> I am I, yeah I'm very committed I'm very committed to therapy yeah. if I didn't have therapy I might be committed let's put it that way um, um so I had an amazing amazing therapist um right away and um she totally did it for uh she totally did it she didn't need to work her husband was like whatever independently wealthy like owned this big company and I was with her for maybe like a year year and a half and then she's like, I'm sorry. She's like, my, my husband finally convinced me that I'm going to stop doing this. Um, he wants me to like be home. So I did switch to another therapist. And then like, I'm working on all these commitment issues. I'm like, I'm like, they're trying to like, it's, it's so slow. Like for me anyway, it was like so slow going. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and working through this and like understanding what's going on inside my head and how do I, how do I like work through, like, you know, how do I work through all these um, all these emotions and kind of help mitigate like, okay, you know, you're different than your, you know, your this experience that you're with, you know, you're whatever, 31 years old, 32 years old, you know, this is a different experience than you're, than, than you've experienced as a seven-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to like start over with a new therapist. Um, so that was like really tough. Although I really, I really, I really like her. Um, and actually after, um, this is really funny that you'll enjoy this. I've, I've never shared this with anyone. Uh, I shared with Emily, but that's about it. So, um, so I like let it slip. Like I'm like working through the stuff in therapy and I had a a few too many drinks one night and we're out with like, um, we're out with some of Emily's friends and 
like where I don't know wherever South South Minneapolis or whatever. And um, and one of the girls is like, "What's the deal? Like, what's the deal with you? And like, are you going to get married? Like, what's the deal? What's the deal?" And and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I'm just working through some things, and like, I wasn't ready to talk about it, and like, I'm like, but I got it all planned out, right? I like, I hear, I got it all planned out, and I like told told her my entire plan to propose, right? And so she's there and like, there's whatever, two or three other people there. And they're just like all looking at me like, WTF, dude, like what, like, what is that? This is like nine, 10 months before, nine or 10 months before um, I proposed. I like had it all figured out, right? So I tell you that story to tell you this story. Um, so I'm with my therapist and I walk in and we're, we're like working through all these things and like, you know, she's presenting me like these statistics. She had been presenting me like these statistics of people who get married in their thirties and about how much more successful marriages are when you get, when you're in your thirty when you get married in your thirties versus when you get married in your twenties, blah, 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 blah. And I just remember I sat down and I just was like, you know, I was like, I just think that like, I just think that like, it's time. Like, I just think that I'm ready. Like I'm ready. Like I've been thinking about how I want to propose and I explained it to her. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go talk to, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I think this weekend I'm going to like text our parents and like when she's working, I'm going to text her parents and, and take them out to eat and like, and just ask if it's okay. And my therapist <laughs> took her notebook and she threw it on the floor <laughs> and she goes, my work here is done. <laughs> Mission so, accomplished. Mission accomplished. So, oh, anyway. that's sweet. Is that what you did then? Did you take out her parents? Yeah, I took out her parents. Um, there's like a little photo of it was so funny because they like knew they knew I was so nervous. They knew this is so ridiculous, gals. Like I like Emily and I were together for six oh like six uh, over six years. Woman is a saint. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> And I know her parents extremely well, um, you know, and we're out, we're whatever, we're out. And so Emily, oh, Emily has two moms and then her dad and her stepmom. And so, um, so we're all out where the five of us are out or whatever. And, and I just remember like, we're eating, like we eat, like we had the appetizer and drinks and then we ate. And then like her dad's like getting like, he knows what's up. Right. And he's just like, 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 so like, why did you, he's like, why did you bring this out? And, and I remember Char, Emily's mom was like, David, just David, just, you know, he's nervous. Just let him, just <laughs> let him do it on his time, timetable. You know, it's so funny. Anyway, so they all knew I, what was happening. Yeah. So I asked whatever I asked. And then they're all, of course, and then they hugged and we cried and whatever. We toasted champagne. And then we took pictures and whatever, whatever. So that's sweet. That's sweet. And then, of course, your engagement story is adorable as well. You did a really good job with that. I I did not have. Well, do you know, like, do you know the callback from when we met? By the way, the callback. So, yeah, do you know that that the engagement, the engagement, like that engagement, is a callback from when we first met? Yes, yes, it's. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. We should probably share with the listeners because they're probably like on the edge of their seats. They just can't wait. <laughs> They they are intrigued by Adam Bauer. So Emily and I first met um, because um, she is uh, a friend. 
she's a friend of a friend. Um, you could say it. Okay. So, <laughs> all right, here we go. So, Emily is very good friends with your husband's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> but ding, the plot thickens. Drama on the Parently podcast. Oh, my anyway, gosh. So People are like, going to need, like, charts and arrows. Yeah, they're going to need, yeah. So, um, so whatever. So we're out with a group of friends and, and Andy invites us out. And so whatever I'm, you know, I'm there, um, with my girlfriend at the time. And, um, and so like, we're at this bar and there's karaoke going on. And it's like, it's like, I hear this woman singing on the, on the karaoke. And I'm like, what the hell? And she's singing, uh, leaving on a jet plane. And I, and I can't see, like, I don't know where the karaoke booth is. Right. So I'm like, or the karaoke area, not the booth. So I'm, I like stand up on my um, chair, like not up on the chair, but on the rails of the chair. And I like look over the bar. It's on the other side of the bar. So I'm looking for this woman, this like amazing voice that's coming out of this woman. Right. And it's Emily, of course. So that's, that's the first time that we, that we had ever met. And so for the engagement, what I did is I called the karaoke operator uh, the day before and I was like, hey, do you have this song? Here's what my plan is. And so um, I convinced, um, I planned it all out, short note, like short notice with um, some of Emily's really good friends. And we all went out to this karaoke bar and I got her to sing Leave It On A Jet Plane. And then I was in the back and I I like explained like, hey, the first time I heard you sing that you were singing this song and, I, and like I was immediately connected to you and blah, 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 blah um heartfelt 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 you know squirting crying yeah um and then i asked her to marry me got on my knee and asked her to marry me of course she said yes and the rest is history then we had like you know a bunch of her like her like mom and dad are like texting me because they're like coming over they live like across like her dad lives across town and he's like i'm on my way did you propose yet (laughs) because celebrate but yeah i love your guys's love story oh my god by the way so i'm listening to this i don't want to plug another pod on your pod hey it's all right i'm listening one of my favorite pods is um is revisionist history by malcolm gladwell have you heard of it yeah have you ever listened to any i have not i've read malcolm gladwell's books though you have can i borrow Mm -hmm. them yeah they might be in my office but yeah So he just did a three-part series about the Little Mermaid and what is wrong with the Little Mermaid. A lot. Yeah. So you should listen to it. It's amazing. So what's wrong with the Little Mermaid? And then it like dawned on me as like, holy mackerel. That's like my favorite. That's my favorite Disney movie of all time. It came out probably before you, before you were born. What year were you born? Um, 87. I think it was. Okay. No, it, was it came after. out in 89. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it like, as I was like listening to this pod, it was like, oh my God, like. Prince Eric heard Ariel sing for the first time. And he was like looking for this voice. It's kind of like Emily and I's love story anyway. So it's kind of cute. Oh, that is kind of cute, Adam. I never, I I forgot that was what happened. Yeah. You're kind of a romantic at heart. A little bit, a little bit for a guy who's like afraid of commitment. I'm like pretty romantic. It's like definitely afraid of commitment. Your wife had been not so patiently waiting for this to happen and part of that was because she was ready to get going on the baby train. Yeah, she was on the baby train. So that didn't go quite as you two had planned. And I know that we had her 
as a guest on season one, talk a little bit about the infertility journey, but I've never had a guest talk about it from a male's perspective. So we don't need to spend a ton of time on it, but I did want to just hear how, how that went for you. Um, had you ever, I guess first, first off, had you ever thought that perhaps you might have issues? Was that ever even something that crossed your mind? Never. Well, first of all, just, just for people who haven't heard season one, episode four with Emily, the, we had secondary in, infertility. So we have a four-year-old daughter. Um, she just turned four. Her name is Paige. Um, and we had secondary infertility. Um, um, so we like struggled and struggled and struggled to have, have a second. Um, so as far as like, did it cross my mind? Honestly, Kels didn't cross my mind at all, um, until we're in it. And I'm thinking back on my life. Right. And I'm like, you know, what decisions have I made that have impacted? I mean, it was like the hardest part for me through the entire thing, um, was, um, was the fact that like, I'm thinking back, like, why did I wait so long? Why, you know, because like you're in these infertility, you're in these fertility meetings. I remember just like, like feeling we're doing so just quickly. We did, we did three or four IUIs and then, you know, you're in this infertility journey and they're talking about, okay, the next step. And we're talking about, oh, we're going to do, we could do IVF or we could continue to do IUIs and we're paying this much money for IUIs each time. And they're not successful over and over again. And like, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, what did I do? Like, what did I do waiting so long? Like, like my wife is, is truthfully, it was not having a second child was not like a huge, like, we got to do it. You know what I mean? Like we have Mm -hmm. to, we, we have to have a second child. It wasn't, I was like, yeah, I would like to have a boy. Sure. Of course I'd like to have, I'd like to have, I'd like to have, I'd be okay with having another child. I want, my siblings are really important to me. And like, I want my child to have a sibling. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't feel like the intense pressure and the, like, she described it as, as having a hole, like, like she knows that there's supposed to be another baby and there isn't another baby. Mm. Um, and so, you know, trying to support her through that and, and, you know, and, and I'm kind of like deep down, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, it would be great to have another baby, but it's not like, I didn't have the same kind of feelings she had. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I had these like regrets, um, for my delays in, in commitment. Um, um, but not, not like she did. And by the way, uh, we should just, we should just share that we definitely did this all in like shotgun fashion. We were together for over six years. We got engaged in May and we got married in September. And then we had Paige, uh, July of the following year. So right away. Yeah. Right away. So and that's, honeymoon baby, as they say, yeah, right? That's like, that's like, uh, to be honest with you, I think that was really the, the linchpin for, cause I never saw the need in getting, I honestly never saw the need in getting married, um, until I was ready to have kids. And I think that once I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. Like I'm, I'm ready. Like if I'm going to do it, like it's now or never. Right. And that was kind of like one of the big kind of, kind of like pushes 
to like make me want to like deal with this commitment issues and like and move on right get through it Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you and emily weren't necessarily on different pages but you weren't really on on the same page about you know the second the second child and your desire there did that have an impact on your marriage like positive or negative going through it or coming out the other end yeah i mean kids in general are very impactful on your relationship Mm -hmm. um but but yeah i mean like we're going through this you know she (laughs) she's a she's a a goer and a doer right and i'm a think i'm a contemplator and a thinker and like i'm very you know thoughtful about decisions i make right and Mm -hmm. like she's as we're going through this journey and and she's always like okay what's the next step what's the next step and i'm she's like dragging me along Mm. through this journey and and it well i guess that's how i felt at times is that she was dragging me along like i wasn't always up to speed with her and to be honest with you like this house. I mean, like I could, I could explain to you like over and over and over the decisions that we, that we have made that she's like dragged me, you know, not kicking and screaming, but like dragged me along, like, Hey, catch up, buddy. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on. You know, like get with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would describe that, that, you know, we did get, you know, we cried in each other's arms, you know, a few times. Um, you know, so I think that, 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 that that brought us close together. I could totally see why that kind of challenging time, that kind of trauma that you're dealing with um, could drive people apart. Mm. Um, But I never felt that way. I never felt that way at all with her during it. Is fatherhood what you expected it to be? Oh my God. I'm afraid to answer this question. I, Child number one is like such a shock. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like, like a total lifestyle change. It's insane. Like it is like, I'm, I'm assuming you probably don't have a lot of prospective parents. Maybe you have a few prospective parents on, on that, are, that are listeners, but it's just like, you can't even, you really cannot even imagine the, cannot really even imagine the change like you can't like you can't you can't even really you can explain it like it's completely your life's going to completely change but like that doesn't even totally yeah, like describe no, it's it funny that you say that adam i recently had um a listener reach out to me who is not a parent but she said i love your podcast it makes me so excited to become a parent, but it also makes me equally terrified (laughs) to become a parent. And I felt like she didn't mean it as a compliment, but I, to me, that was the biggest compliment ever because it it feels like people are speaking their truths and being honest about the reality of being a parent, but also able to communicate, you know, just that, that joy and the experience that comes from it as well well i mean when you are like it is so like when we're 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 hanging out with you and andy before you had augie we're like emily would like hit me you know she'd be like she'd be like don't see don't tell him that don't don't talk like that don't say that about your daughter don't say that 
you know, like they they want to have kids. You don't want to like talk Andy out of not having kids, you know, talk Andy out of having kids or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is the, it is such a, it is such a mixed bag. There's like moments where you want to pull your hair out, right? And then there's other moments where like the kid cuddles up in your lap and is like, I love you, daddy. Or like the other night she's like, and you can feel your heart. Oh my expanding. God. It's like, you know, it's just like you, you just, yeah, you can't even, yeah, it's, it's so hard to describe, but it is totally a mixed bag. And like, you know, they tell people that they tell people that or people say that, you know, you as a parent, you want to be like what the, the things your, your parents weren't for you. You want to like be for your kids. Right. Um, you try to like overcompensate. It's like a pendulum, right? And so like it kind of swings, kind of swings back the other way. Um, and I just feel every day, I feel like this intense pressure to make these kids the like wealth, like f- well-functioning, polite, like, uh, you know, humans, like just be like good people, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just it's so hard. Like, you know, it's so like, you know, Paige all the time. She's like, mommy, get me milk. I'm like, you know, no, you don't talk like that kid. Like you don't talk like that, you know? And then I'm like, daddy will get you milk. If you ask nicely, I say, daddy, will you get me milk, please? I'm like, yeah, I'll get you milk. And so I give her her milk and she just takes it from me. And it's like, no, 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 no. Give it back. (laughs) You know, dad laying down the law. I love it. Yeah. You'll enjoy this. I picked her up from school today. And this is what I get. She shows me a picture that she drew today. And it's a, it's two eyes and a mouth, three circles, basically. Um, I'll send you the video. Um, two, two, two eyes and, and a mouth. And, um, and she holds it up. She says, daddy, I said, what'd you draw? She's like, daddy, this is an angry face. This is you yelling at me. <laughs> and I'm like, first she said, this is me yelling. This is you yelling at me when I'm rude. And then I said, it's what? Because I was like trying to get a video because this is like a classic, like, hey, um, you know, play at your wedding type moment. Um, Like, no, daddy, this is this is you yelling at me because you're mad all the time. It's like, no, I'm not mad. I'm like, I'm "I'm not mad all the time. Oh, Oh, I hope she told all of her teachers that and all of her little friends. So anyway, Paige is a spitfire. Mixed bag. She is totally a spitfire. And as far as it, as far as babies go, I mean, you guys, you guys had it much tougher the first time around. Yeah. Um, so my sister, who we mentioned earlier, is by five, five kids. <clears throat> She's like, you don't even know. Like, she was so difficult. So difficult. And we have, I mean, we haven't like whatever let that thing out of the bag unless people haven't listened to season one episode four with my wife the the we did have a second child via ivf and there's like a very like uh um uh, lots of lots of peaks and valleys in that story about as we went through the went through the whole thing but but definitely worth listening to yeah it's it's really good even if i do say so myself lincoln is the perfect fit for this family um he is uh so calm he just sits he plays by himself and he's just like looking around and he's just like chill. He like wakes up in the morning. He doesn't cry. He just like rolls over, puts his, puts his thumb in his mouth and like stares at the camera. 
And it's like, oh, they'll get me when they wake up. It's like he's just like he's such so a sweet pea. He's so yeah. so chill. So chill. Paige, not so much. Yeah, pages. Pages I mean. But those are the kinds of women that we need in this world. She's gonna she's gonna make some waves. She is uh yeah. She's like uh I think a little bit like I think that she's a she's more like her grandma's than maybe even Emily because they're like go getters like her mom especially is like super type A and like and like and like you know like this is what we're gonna do make a list we're gonna check things off and we're gonna you know we're gonna go 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 and like you know which, going on a vacation with them is like is like you better be ready to like better ready you ready you better be ready to move like we went to DC with them one time and it was like okay we're gonna see this monument and then we're gonna see this monument and we're gonna see this monument and like literally I get home we get back to the hotel and I like. I can't get my shoes off because my feet are swollen. <laughs> so like, oh, I, oh, this is before uh, step counters, but like 20,000 steps. And then, oh, by the way, we we planned a real super um, calm evening activity of doing a Segway tour, which is spanning <laughs> the whole time. And like all these bumps and like, I'm just like. Well, it's because you weren't wearing your Nike high tops. Yeah, it could have been that. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably that. She was punishing me for not marrying her daughter, actually. Going on. Important question that I like to ask all of my guests in some form or fashion. What is your favorite part about being a dad? There is that. Um, you know, I mentioned that when she crawls up into my lap, um, there is that just there is a way that they look at you that that they're like you're you know Paige is like you're my daddy you're like my only the only daddy I'm ever gonna have like you're my daddy you know like I love you daddy and like so there's that there's that I mean there's just so many there's so many like we're learning the capitals right we're learning the capitals um I like like I teach her random stuff yeah you really do I teach her what was she saying when we were over there you asked what is the what were you asking her? And it was oh, about like, the capitals. Yeah. What was the one? So <laughs> this is an old Chris rock, old Chris rock joke about what's the capital of Zaire. Nobody knows what the capital of Zaire is. Yes. So I taught her the capital of Zaire. So she says, I said, I say, Paige, what's, that's how I always begin. Like when we're, we're rehearsing the capitals and I like, I add one. Right. So I'm like, Oh, I'm like, uh, Paige, what's the capital of Zaire? She goes, Kinshasa daddy. <laughs> all incredulous. <laughs> Kinshasa. <laughs> Chassie daddy you know and then we go through like like what's the capital of north dakota that's where uncle paul's from what's the capital of south dakota that's where auntie kelsey's from hey yo yeah and then like what's the capital of iowa that's where daddy's from you know what's the capital of wisconsin that's where the cousins live so yeah we like i try to like get her to like you know associate different states even though i you know she doesn't understand she's like super into to astronauts right now because I taught her the planets. Uh, we put the planets on her ceiling and I taught her planets and she like points at the planets and knows all the planets. And so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's fun to see them like learn and grow. And like, it's fun to like watch them, like even play. She's like Paige, especially um, Paige, especially is like, like listen to her, like pretend with her dolls and her like, like she's super big into the Peppa Pig. Right. Oh, you um, literally have one in your I hand. literally have a Peppa Pig. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
we have a rule. We have a rule because daddy's mean and yells at me all the time. We have a rule that we don't leave toys on the floor, especially in the walkway. And so when I step on them, they get taken away. So this that's why I have this one is because I stepped on it and it hurt. He's got Lesson pointy learned. ears. Yeah. yeah. So that's why he's in my, that's why he's in my office. He's currently on timeout. Um, but just listen to her like imagination and like, like it's so, oh, it's so, it's so fun. Like it's so fun. It's so fun. I pick her up. I pick her up and she's just like, today she was like, and she does all the time. She's like, daddy, she's like, when we get home, is Lincoln going to be able to talk, talk good? It's like, no kid. Like it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be like years, years, years for Toast Bear. Um, she, <laughs> the other thing, like one of my favorite, this is, like, this is like one of my favorite stories about her is she, she like doesn't understand the concept of time. She's beginning to understand the concept of time, but sure. But she says this, I don't know if I've shared this with you or not before, but she says uh, for a long time, she would say instead of yesterday or last night, she would say last or night. So last or night, last or night. That is cute. So she said last or night, daddy, last or night, you, there was a situation where she wasn't going to bed and she knocked the lamp onto the floor. We were, we were like fighting. I was like, nope, it's time for bed. Da, 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 da. And she knocked the lamp, like pulled the lamp by the cord off the end, off the nightstand. And had a glass mm. chandelier and it broke. And so oh. literally this happened like when she was two. But she like mentioned it. Last night, she's like, last night I broke the lamp, right? Remember, daddy, I broke the lamp. It's like, yeah, last night. Like, <laughs> that did happen last night. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I guess last night, if that's like any period of time from like yesterday to like ever. Yeah, so that's <laughs> last night. Ca- it's the catch all. <laughs> yeah, last night. That's adorbs. I love it. Okay, and then we touched on it briefly, but if you had to say the hardest part about being a parent. So for that guest who is listening, um, who makes makes her terrified about being a parent, there you cannot prepare yourself for the sleep changes. Yes. It is like the real deal. It is the real deal. And you never thought you could operate on that amount of sleep. Oh, oh man. That you know, was, that was too- that's, I, I couldn't agree more, Adam. I remember during maternity leave specifically, and, and in hindsight, Andy and I would have done it different because I was the only one getting up during the night and I, I was with him all day long. But I, I remember just bawling and Andy's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I am just so tired. I'm just, I, I can't, I'm just crying because I'm tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do, and I don't remember, were you breastfeeding at the time? Were you I trying was, to? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, that's like, I don't know, man. They, they put, they put, like, there is this like insane pressure to like breastfeed, breastfeed, breastfeed. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what? Like, that's great. I mean, we like with Paige, we went like, we, we went to like, we were using donor milk and like all this like crazy, crazy stuff. And I just feel like, you know what? Fed is best, right? So mm. like if the kid gets some, some formula, so be it, you know, if they're getting mostly breast milk, if they're getting partial breast milk, if they're getting some, bre- like, it's like they're, they put like, I feel like they I don't really know who they are but there is like this I felt this pressure like as you go through like we went we we delivered at Alina 
um, and you go through all these classes, right? And they're like, they're like, you know, breastfeed, breastfeed, breastfeed. And they're like talking, like, you know, you go to these classes and you go to like just a specific class, like a three hour class just on breastfeeding. It's just mm-hmm. like, they make it, they make it such a big deal. And you know what? It's the kid so needs to hard. Eat. Oh, it is so hard. It's so hard, but the kid needs to eat. That's what, that's, what's most important. And then if it's some breast milk, if it's all breast milk, great. If it's some breast milk, if it's, if it's, it's a little breast milk, great. I mean, it's just like, you know what? Sleep. And let, in my opinion, as at, you know, with our second kid is like sleep and let Andy get up and, and give him a bottle. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Anyway. Yeah. At some, at some, some point you have to weigh your mental health versus yeah, the absolutely. things you're trying to, to provide for your kid. Absolutely. You're not, you know, you may, you may, uh, you may try to act like it sometime, but you're not super mom or super dad. And it's not, it's not, it's not possible. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you are absolutely right about, about you need to take care of yourself. If you're taken care of, Oh my God, it's like, I'm in therapy, like literally like at the top of my therapy notes, it says self-care and top and capital letters. Like if I'm like, if I'm taking care of myself, I can be better for my family. I can be better at work. I can be a better partner father da, 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 you know like it's so it's so important exactly as they say you can't pour from an empty cup oh there you go nice nice Gotta maybe you had another though. another career of, of being a therapist maybe <laughs> heck no career <laughs> <laughs> um adam i feel like we covered a lot i'm feeling pretty good about about all the things we talked about, was there anything that you wanted to make sure we connected on that we haven't yet? So there's a couple things that I wrote down that I just wanted to cover that we didn't really talk like about, we didn't talk really about, um, uh, about birth at all, but, um, but there's a couple things I just wanted to share just as like words of, uh, words of wisdom. I had a coworker, um, tell me that, when, when I told him we were pregnant with Paige, he was like, the, he pulled me aside. And the first thing he did is he's like, dude, he's like, you have to hire a doula. And I'm like, I have no idea what a doula is. I'm like, right. whatever. I'm like green as can be. I'm like, you're like, okay, a genie? I'm like yeah, I'm like, I'm like Googling a doula. I'm like, what does a doula do? Like, I have no idea what a doula does. Right. It's like, so like, so, so crazy. It was, it made He's like, he's just telling me, he's like, well, I'm like, what does a, what does a doula do? He's like, well, it's like a, it's like a non-medical person that like helps you with the birth. I'm like, why would you want a non-medical person at your birth? Like, what does it make any sense? Like, no, like it really helps you like to support Emily through the birth. And I'm like, okay, that seems weird. Like, it seems like a thing that we want to do, but like, oh my God, like Amber came into our lives and like still to this day, um, we call her auntie Amber. She was at both of our child's births. Um, you know, she was amazing and you know what it's like you gotta have the right doula of course mm-hmm. um and and uh but our doula is the one that like i had all these like terrible terrible feelings and like felt such like um like herded cattle going into our our appointments our birth appointments with our um ob-gyn mm-hmm. i just was, like pulled down side. i'm just like i don't like this woman like i don't like these doctors like i don't we're like of course we're called the doula. Like we had hired the doula at that point. We're like, what do you think? What do you think? And she's like, she's like, um, have you ever considered a midwife? And we're like, what's a midwife? Like, that sounds crunchy. Like, what do you mean a midwife? (laughs) So we're like already on the, like the totally crunchy scale with a doula. Like, what do you, like, what do you mean? 
Um, and so we switched to a midwife at like, at like late in the pregnancy, like 20, 25 weeks or something like that. We switched mm-hmm. to a midwife, fell in love with the midwifery team. Like we are, I'm a huge proponent of, it's like so hard to tell people, Hey, you know, hire a doula, hire a midwife. But like our experiences have been amazing. And I just like, my heart sinks when you're, when you talk to people and they're talking about how all these terrible things happen, the doctor wasn't there and like all these terrible things happen with, with their births. And it was like, not an experience that they look back fondly upon. Mm -hmm. And I look back fondly upon both of our births and I have beautiful pictures, um, you know, from the births and like, like I look back fondly on them. Uh, I look very fondly on them. So anyway, so that's my, my little two cents on, on, uh, birth. Good words of advice. I, I like that. I've never, I will tell you that it's kind of like CrossFit, like people who use doulas tell you that they use doulas, but I've never met somebody who regretted using a doula. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my doula experience is pretty limited to like the doula that we had. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's just like, you know, when, you know, obviously uh, Amber and I have become friends and like, I follow Amber and she just like has this passion for birth. Like she doesn't do it for the money. She doesn't do, you know, she doesn't do it. She doesn't do it. She's got a thriving business. She does it because, because it's like, it's what fills her cup. It's like, it's like what she likes to do. It's what she loves to do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of so, person you want by your side. Yeah, totally. I think this is a really good conversation. How you feel? You feel good? It was fun. Yeah. It was fun talking to you. Well, it's always fun talking to you, Adam. And this time we just had, you know, a couple hundy listeners. Uh, thousands. I expect <laughs> this is going to be the top rated episode. I, you know, I'll tell you, I'll be really honest. I just listened to the episode with, uh, uh, Kang- Cuckoo Kangaroo. Oh, isn't he a gem? He is. I was like feeling a lot. I'm like, holy moly. This is a really good episode. He's like really funny and like charming. And I'm like, why does Kelsey want me on her podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Adam, you are also funny and charming. (sighs) And good and good looking. Oh, don't forget that part. Real good. (laughs) Well, you've been a pleasure and I'm sure that there are plenty of people very interested in this conversation. So thank you for stepping a little bit out of your comfort zone and agreeing to join me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. It was really fun. And to all of the listeners, thank you for tuning in. Please join us again next week for another insightful conversation. And if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. See you next time.